Hey everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about the Twilight Zone, the classic Twilight Zone, season one, episode 12. It's called it's called What You Need, if I can speak properly. What do I need? I need a dialect coach, apparently. Uh, so, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, this episode is about a, a salesman, if you will, a peddler who offers people various knickknack items matches shoelaces that kind of thing but ultimately just always gives them exactly what they need he'll say you need this and then sure enough a couple of minutes later they needed exactly that item for some reason and it's like is he seeing the future is it a premonition is it something mystical with the items themselves we'll get into it but he he catches the attention of this down in his luck dickhead basically let's just call him that and he tries to uh take advantage of him and force force this old man into giving him beneficial items to improve his life and that's the plot of the episode tara Mm -hmm. did you enjoy what you need yes i enjoyed this episode (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was okay i mean it's not like one of the greats or anything but it was a it was a fun fun time i enjoyed watching how the events would unfold mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of depth to this one but that's okay it was a good 25 minutes what about you um i liked it quite a bit actually and i think i i think there's maybe a little depth there that i'm going to try and extrapolate in a minute but uh, i thought it was well directed maybe better directed than some of the ones that we've had as well mm-hmm. maybe not so much the last one because the last one was well directed as well but there was a lot of neat moments in this where the 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 peddler character let me get his name if i can you know it kind of reminded me of mr denton on doomsday just with Mi- mr fate interfering and giving mr mm. denton what he needed but it's a, i think it's a better version of that yeah the the, the the peddler like would be in the foreground and then the uh renard who's the the guy who takes advantage of him, he'd be in the background. And there was a lot of nice two shots of like him just watching. Because the opening scene is kind of like, he comes into this this bar and he goes around giving different people different things. And they all kind of like turn out to be what they need. And the whole time, as the, the more this goes on, the more of Bernard's attention starts to drift towards him and he starts watching him. And you always feel his eyes leering on him. And I thought that was a really well, just simple but well-established Made the yeah. same kind of it's like, oh, what's he thinking? What's going through his head? Because at this point, we we barely know this guy. We don't, we know that he he's a bit of a grumpy sod who sits at the the bar and just kind of doesn't order any drinks. Yeah, he, he seems to be down on his luck, but he also seems like the kind of person who put himself in that situation. Like you don't really have any sympathy for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, so I think I, I like to quite a bit. I'd say top half of this this batch of episodes so far of the, mm-hmm. what's this 11 did i say 12 12 over oh, 12 episodes in look at us go uh so i think out of the 12 so far this, i'd probably say this is in the better half of the episodes uh, and, there's, and there's not been a lot of bad ones like the, it's been no no i agree r- relatively solid standard uh, throughout um there was that one i didn't like that much but other than that like it's been mostly good stuff i think the the episode really benefits from a good performance. I think. I think uh, Renard, uh, Steve Cochran plays him. I think mm-hmm. he's quite good, actually. I think he does this really good kind of. It was reminded. He had like a almost Colin Farrell looking face at times. I thought. Yeah, I saw it too. I think it's just the eyebrows. 
It may, it may be just the eyebrows, but he, he like the way he was kind of like getting mischievous ideas, and he was like kind of forcing him. He get kind of like it's a little bit manic. Uh, he was very it's, animated. Yeah. It's kind of neat. I think I've had uh, those kind of thoughts watching similar shows or movie premises where you see like these people who have these kind of premonition abilities, and you you always think, well, why not use them towards good? Or what would happen if somebody bad got that ability to to see the hmm. future or and this kind of shows you that like of course it would be somebody who would take advantage of that absolutely and it's yeah. a little bit unclear how his abilities work or why he has them if it's magic or i don't know it, supernatural in some way do you know what's neat about it though is that it never tells you and that I, could, I don't think it needs to tell you i like it, that no it doesn't uh, but this is the thing like it, it could like it, it could be frustrating that it doesn't tell you if if it felt like the episode revolved around what the mystery was, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. The episode's not about that. The episode's about the other guy. Like he, he's the the facilitator of the plot, but the, the story's about Renard and his own, own undoing, essentially. Um, right. Because he, 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 you know, he jumps outside. He's like, "Hey, so what do I need?" You know, and he forces him to give him something, and he gives him a pair of scissors. And then you know, the final thing before the ad break is that he's in an elevator, the slowest moving elevator in the history of mankind might Ever. add, right? He gets his scarf caught in the elevator doors, he's going up. And all I could think was, well, just take off the scarf. Like, I know. <laughs> so a little bit goofy he in really that sense. really played up the whole I'm being choked and dying thing, but it, it doesn't really work that well on camera. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a good actor, so. Yeah, he made it yeah. the best he could. But he gets the scissors and he uses them. So he shows up at, uh, you know, the old man's house, a pedo, I think, or pedo, his name is. Um, and he's like sitting there in the dark he's like ah you're a funny old guy he's like any you know he, he rummages through his briefcase he demands items like hey you, i'm your partner now like we're going to make it big you've got a million dollar gift and you've been using it in nickels and dimes come on give me something and he forces him to mm-hmm. give him an item and he gives him this this fountain pen but it's leaking and it leaks on a newspaper right next to a horse that's going to race tomorrow and he's like aha i see what you've done there and he and he runs out and i actually laughed out loud a little bit and this is just because of the time difference between when it was made and now but he's lying in the bed with his with his winnings and he's like 240 dollars yeah i'm like i know i saw that too (laughs) i couldn't believe it he was like rolling around in his 240 dollars you can't roll around the 240 (laughs) dollars so much money oh it really made me laugh um, I like how the uh, like concierge or whoever came into the apartment too to deliver something, and then he sees all the money on the bed. He's like, you know, usually people tip me. <laughs> like, I'll give you a tip, and he just kicks the door closed on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does that thing. We said, I'll give you a tip, and he says something like, "Don't eat yellow snow." That's not what he said, but it was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> because yellow snow is pee. That's a funny scene. For for anyone who doesn't get that, yellow snow is pee. It's been peed on. Don't eat it you probably yeah. shouldn't be eating any snow to be honest don't, don't eat snow that's lying on the ground that's just a just life advice <laughs> watch out for that ground below and don't you eat that yellow snow <laughs> oh it's frank zappa okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like and that's that, so that scene is neat because it's again it shows you how much i mean the fact that he's already broken into some guy's house and demanded that he use his abilities is already enough to tell us that he's not a, a savory character but yeah this is just and another the thing. guy is definitely terrified of him. Oh, like, yeah. he, he's scared. Even yeah. in the first scene in the bar, like he's going from person to person to give them something that they need. And he doesn't seem to charge anyone. But then he, he kind of glances over at, at our main guy and uh, 
doesn't want anything to do with him. Like he just, he leaves, like he doesn't even offer him anything. So right away he seems to be afraid of him, which yeah. plays in later on. Yeah. He's scared the whole time. He feels very timid. It feels like he's doing something out of the kindness of his heart. Uh, and then this guy is really intimidating and trying to take advantage of him. Uh, so I, I think where the depth for me comes in in this, this story is that, you know, he, go, he goes back to the old man out in the street and he's like demanding, like, you know, give me something I need, give me something I need. And he gives him these shoes. And, but one of the things that he says when he's, he's got him, you know, grabbed by the arms, he's like, you know, the things you need, you, you only need once and you yeah. should be set up. Right. And for me, that was where the depth of the story came from, because I realized what it was telling me about this character. Uh, and it fits with what we've said it's about greedy. him so far. It's well, it's greed, but it's like basically nothing will ever be good enough. Because the reason why, like, because the, the, the person at the start of the story, that the guy in the bar, he gets the bus ticket, and he's this mm-hmm. down and he's out, uh, you know, ex baseball player because his arm, his pitching arm went, so he couldn't play baseball anymore. And he, he gives this bus ticket to you know uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, because someone said, "What's in Scranton, Pennsylvania?" I went, "Dunder Mifflin, baby." Baby, paper factories. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Joe, you know, I forgot he said that until I started describing that part of the plot. I went, "Yeah, Dunder Mifflin." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And like, and he gets this phone call, and it's about how uh, someone that he knows is like, "Hey, there's a, there's a coaching job out here. Like, you could you could have you know, this is you get to still play baseball, you still get to be involved in what you love, and even if it's not like you know the big glitz and glamour of actually being a mm-hmm. professional player." And he seems genuinely thankful. He seems like, "No, this is actually going to help me get my life on track. This is what I need to set set my my life on course." Whereas this car- character Bernard, he he or Bernard, sorry, he he doesn't like. No matter what he gets, he just wants more. He can't take it and turn it into something. He he has to keep fishing for more. He's a taker, he's a taker, yeah. and that's all he is. It's not just getting a lucky break. It's about trying to gain something extra from it. Yeah, manipulate more from it. Uh, yeah. So so to me, that's what... He's, he's, and basically, that's why he's down his luck at the start, is because that's the type of person he is. And ultimately, he has his demise here because the twist here at the end is that the shoes that the guy gave him were not what he needed, it was what the, the peddler needed to save himself because he was going to kill him. And this these shoes made him slip and get hit by a car. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and I appreciate there was actually a shot of him going over the car, although it was sped up, so it looked kind of weird. You know, yeah, but I again, I also was appreciative because we had that um, episode two, the one for the angels with the girl who you just you know, just laid down in front of a car and we had to assume that she was dying because she got hit. But yeah. this one actually showed him again flipping over the car. That was pretty cool. And I'm assuming that he he was a uh, you know the, the, the stuntman when they did this they were going really slow and that's why they sped it up. But the, the problem is is that even when you speed up it just looks unnatural. It doesn't it doesn't make it look like it's naturally fast. It just makes it look like you're on fast forward. Like right. You know. Right. Uh, that was my. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, usually we don't get anything like that at all yeah. in the show. So. So that was nice, and it was like, yeah, and you don't blame the old man. He, this is this is self defense to a T. It's like, no, I gave mm-hmm. you something that would stop you from killing me, and no more. And the fact that it, you know, put you in an ambulance, right? You know, uh, make your own luck, basically. This kind of thing. Um, no shortcuts. No shortcuts. And you know, then there's a guy at the end who who comes out to see the crime scene, and he needs a comb. It's because he's getting his photo taken by the paper, so he has to quickly comb his hair. Yeah, that scene was a little bit cutesy. Yeah. I don't know if I needed it. Didn't need that scene, yeah. I felt like just an extra 60 seconds of screen time because they were maybe short on the, the script. They're like, oh, there's like, we need an extra page. All right, here's a yeah. page. <laughs> so tack on at the end. 
uh i liked it because I, I thought it was well directed there was a lot of neat shots that kind of because when they're first in the bar and uh, renard's at the corner of the bar and he's looking over at the the, the peddler as he's t- talking to the, the woman when he gives the cleaning liquid um mm-hmm. it's very men- kind of menacing and you can see the gears in his head turning like it, this is what i love about filmmaking i love that you can basically give me an idea of what's in a character's head without saying anything. And I love when something can pull that off. And I think it's neat that an anthology show like Twilight Zone where arguably they don't necessarily need to have like great filmmaking every week. They just need the, the smart scripts, right? I You're like right. that even this is kind of doing that. And it's making me go, I understand what, at least to an extent, that the gears are turning in there. He's thinking of some scheme. Yeah, and you, I really noticed that scene too because I, I couldn't help but compare it to the one for the angels because that also had a peddler. Mm. And he, the difference between his pitch to, uh, to to sell like ties and stuff versus this guy's pitch to say no, this is what you need. And I was I was in that moment with her. I was like, I would have taken that laundry detergent also. Like this <laughs> was a really good sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was just the acting and the way it was shot was very compelling. Yeah, no, like, I think this entire opening scene is really effective because you're like, okay, these are the two key players. Like, we've, we've introduced this guy at the bar first, and then the peddler comes in, and we see him yeah. go around everyone, and we see the first guy watch him, we see Renard watching him. The entire time you're like, okay, these are the two main characters, but they've not spoken to each other yet. In fact, the peddler's actively trying to avoid them. So in your head, yeah. you're thinking, he knows he's trouble. And that makes you excited for the plot because you know he's going to f- somehow worm his way in. That he's going to, you know, confront him. He's going to make make himself a part of the plot. And it's true to his character that he forces himself into the plot. That he says, "No, I'm a part of this, damn it, because I want to be a part of this, even mm-hmm. though he shouldn't be." Uh, so, actually, I think it's actually kind of a smart episode in that way. It's, it's maybe not the most memorable episode, but I think it's really solid. Uh, and if we're comparing it to the other peddler episode, one for the angels, I think this is the better of the two. <sighs> Yeah, I did like that second episode a lot, though. I like the main character in that, but I think you're right. I think this one is more traditional Twilight Zone, mm. or what I think of. Um, whereas that one was kind of a almost a feel-good story about an old, nice guy going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was someone bad gets their comeuppance. Uh... Yeah. And it, but which it, is something i like a lot <laughs> i like it too but it, do what i like about it in the sense is that it doesn't even feel like it's cruel because sometimes it's like okay you get comeuppance but we're mm-hmm. kind of like yeah we're all a bit evil for like wanting it to be this bad whereas this feels completely like you know the peddler doesn't do anything like vicious he just like he tries to talk him out of it multiple times and he just won't say no and yeah. it's not until that his life is threatened that he just you know gives him the shoes which lead to his right. demise you're right it's self-defense it's not threatening that way so pretty good episode i think too yeah and i think showing that he's still helping people right after that as well as another person hey, you know he's going to keep doing doing his good thing that he's been doing yeah you know it's not it's not ending just because he he had this 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 bad encounter uh, i mean he always gives away the product he doesn't ever seem to sell anything yeah and i also like there's the implication that i think genuinely because he wants people to live yeah absolutely or be uh, happy I also think there's, a, there's an implication that he has encountered people like like Renard before, and that's why, because he even says at one point, I don't use my gift that often. I think that's why. I think he's scared of people seeing it and and not wanting to get into these situations with characters like that. Uh, right. So, um, I think it's a neat episode because I think it tells us a lot about the two characters just through the, 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 the action and the plot. It feels like almost, like obviously there's exposition to a point because you have to have exposition in the story, 
But this episode, I think, does a really good job of never making it feel like I'm just getting exposition. I agree. Yeah. I didn't notice it at all. Yeah. I, I never just felt like someone was explaining how something works. I never felt, felt like, you know, I, the, the only time I guess you could say that is like at the start when the, the bartender's like, oh, this guy used to be in the major leagues and, you know, I, I, you know, I bet on him once. Like, I guess that's the only time I can say that is just straight up exposition with, with no sugar coating. It's just, that's what it is. But I, yeah, but it's so I guess, minor. but it didn't really take me out of anything. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think as as moviegoers and TV watchers, I think we all have like a tolerance in the opening act for a, a certain level of exposition. Agreed. Yeah, there's too much, there's too little perhaps, but we have a nice wide range of saying, no, you're okay to have a certain amount in the opening chunk because we expect I think it. we're a little bit more forgiving for shows that are only 25 minutes also because they have mm. a lot to, that they have to tell you in a very short period of time. We're used to hour-long television shows that are, you know go episode through episode like the story carries on you have to be watching them from season one and to go into an anthology show where you only have 25 minutes to tell a good story um, i think i'm a little bit more forgiving for that reason i think it almost forces them to be smarter with how to do things because having been watching the new twilight zone where i would argue there's not been a single good episode really <laughs> yeah there's one i like yeah like it's not been that good <laughs> but i still have problems with it yeah and i, I think <laughs> and part of exposition it exposition and or just like filler is one of them so yeah and I, I think there's a lot of problems with the new twilight zone but i think one of them could be that there's been at least a couple of them where i've went if that was squeezed out of 25 minutes and not drawn out to 50 it might have actually been quite good because they wouldn't have had all this extra stuff the first one the comedian was like that it was like this was a fine little story but it, it, it was going round in circles for the middle 30 minutes because it's like a 55-minute episode for yeah. some reason. Um, so. Yeah. The space one I like, I think, is like that too. Yeah. And you like that one more than most of I them. I do like that one, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I like that one, I think, mostly because it reminds me of an episode of, of this series that I really like. <laughs> That's true. No, that was something we said. I, I know that affected it. I, I don't know if I would like it as much if that were the case, if I hadn't been watching these um so yeah if you didn't know we do also review the, the new twilight zone 2019 i was actually connor on the first five of them but he bailed out and it just made sense for tara to also do it because a you were watching them anyway and b you do this so makes sense it makes sense like yeah of course we want your opinion on both sides of the, the twilight zone i'll take connor's reject shows <laughs> so sorry i'll offer you some first in the future i'll be like yeah tara do you want first dibs at this let me just ask Connor first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so at the end of the episode, as always, Rod Serling tells us what's coming next time. And mm -hmm. he tells us about... Uh, now, I don't remember the plot of this, and I don't like he has these four mannequin heads, and he says that, you know, it's like four faces for one man. However, yeah. I did remember the title. As soon as he said the four of us are dying, I'm like, I remember that title. I don't remember this one. Mm. I'll read the description IMDb. A man who can change his face to look like other people uses his ability to improve his life, regardless of his effect on others. So, I remember this being good, I think. But, it, I mean, it's been a long time, so... No, I was looking ahead and there are some episodes coming up real soon that I remember pretty well, but uh, this is not one of them. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out what happens next week. So... Yeah. As I, as I kind of half yawn in my, in my introduction. Outroduction. That's definitely a word. <laughs> <sighs>
Tara. I like it though. Out for the show for me. I clearly can't speak anymore. Uh, well, if you like this review, go ahead and hit that like button and smash subscribe. that like button. Smash it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be more aggressive. <laughs> you can also tell us what you think down below in the comments. Um, if you like our show and you want to support us, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash TV, where you can donate for as little as $1 per month. And with that, you get Twilight Zone episodes early. Mm-hmm. Um, one week early to be exact. And um, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> anything I'm forgetting? Yeah, exclusive shows to uh, on there. And um, yeah, guys on Twitter is at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Joe, I really like that when you were saying the, the Patreon, you actually kind of stalled for a second to wait for it to come up on screen so you could just read it. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, you can get us like on Patreon yeah. at patreon.com <laughs> slash TV. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I also, you know, want to make sure I get the address right. Yeah, so that's okay. <laughs> that it's difficult to re- to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just patreon.com slash TV. Um, yeah, so that is uh, that is us. That has been Twilight Zone uh, episode 12. So we'll be back next week with episode 13. Hopefully you enjoyed our discussion and we'll see you next time in the Twilight Zone.